You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I am your host, T Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And um, we have some interesting guests in the building. We have the. Someone who you should know by now. Like you should just even when he says hello on the mic, you should just know who we're talking about. Say hello. Hello. Okay. Yeah, you know. No need for introduction. <laughs> okay. On to the next person. I'm joking. <laughs> Hi, Kulwaza. How are you? Hi, T Mac. It's been a while. You seem a bit tired. Uh, well, it's been. I think the weather changing and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, apart from that, yeah. nothing to really write home about. Everything's well. Yeah. Awesome. He is our resident theologian. And then we have someone who's been on the show before in our early days. Um, it was an episode about fasting, if I remember correctly. And he is back with us today because he's someone who, when we talked about this subject, I was like, I know the guy. He's got some fiery opinions on this issue. <laughs> I know just the person. And his name is, what did we say we're calling you, by the way? Garu. Okay, cool. We've got Gary in the building. <laughs> But yeah. some people are in the States, they'll be calling him Gary. Gary? Yeah. No, no, no. Huh? Gary. The authenticity mm. of, of the name must be maintained. It must be maintained. Yes. Yeah. So. Black Lives Matter. Gary. Gary. Yes. So if you're in the States, spell it G. A R I. No, G, like how you say it. It would be like G U R R Y. Why are we doing this? Gary. For the sake of our listeners. So it's Brother Gary. If you're, if you're in the States. <laughs> Or somewhere else. It's not Gary. It's Gary. <laughs> try try say it like that. Gary. Okay. Yes. Gary. Like Gary with a G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop, stop <laughs> cool. Okay. Did you did you say hello? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So we can actually just jump into the topic. Let's go. Because a lot has been happening around the world, and it's also affected Zimbabwean as well. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe as well. We now have this new hashtag, Zimbabweans Lives Matter. Actually, it's been diluted. It's Zimbabwean Lives Matter. It's Zimbabweans Lives Matter. It's yeah. <laughs> changed yeah. so many times. Yeah. Zimbabweans Lives Matter. Asha, people have been remixing the item, <laughs> making it lose traction. Come on, people. It's Zimbabwean Lives Matter. Us? I'm just saying, spell it correctly. Why are you dissing us? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we've been dealing with a lot as a nation. Um, recently... The Catholic bishops have also added their two cents into their into the mix. Yeah. So yeah, we're just talking about the separation between church and state, and should Christians abide by that supposed separation that's supposed to be there? Should we stay out of politics and activism altogether, and just watch from the sidelines and pray and you know do all of those wonderful things, or should we get in amongst the the fray and be on the streets and you know? Or even try and become MPs or effect change from the inside. That is what we're talking about today. Yeah. So let's take it away. Um, I think I'll, I'll start with with you, Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to hear your your views on this because I know this is you know this can be quite a contentious issue. And mm-hmm. um, it, is there any compatibility between our mandate as Christians? to preach the gospel, to love justice, and all of that. Um, and being out there actually doing the activism, or do, are we, should we be doing more passive activism or passivism? I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it. Isn't that an oxymoron, passive activism? The whole point is active in the air. Yeah, but you're active in a, in a non-active way. Anyway, got it. <laughs> Right. Um, Christians are, we have a different mindset, but we do not live in a vacuum. We live in a world where these things affect us and people around us every day. Uh, Injustice, corruption, uh, all these things are things that affect Christians. And we we can go back as far as Abraham, you know, when Sodom was invaded. Yeah, and he heard what had happened. They'd been looted. He went and defeated the kings, came back. Uh, he was active in that, where there was an injustice. You know, they would not. Ju- he didn't just sit down. There's someone who would converse with God. He didn't just say, ah, oh, God, 
what are you going to do about this? No, 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 no. He went, rescued his nephew Lot, and uh, we know Lord, uh, what happened to Sodom later on. But even the heroes of faith mentioned in the book of Hebrews, many of them are political figures. David, Joseph, uh, Daniel, there are so many. Esther, you know, um, they were not just passive. There is a dual role. I think the church can, and Christians can be part uh, actively in politics and also do, you know, the the passive side. I think it's, uh, I wouldn't call it passive. It's also effective, the the praying, yeah. the encouraging, fasting. the healing. National the days of fasting. Yes. You, you, but you cannot have one and, and say, no, this is exclusively what you are supposed to do. No, 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 no. There are more Christian politicians, biblical figures, many of them were very influential and political. That shows us that Christians should be actively looking to be in positions of influence in society, in politics, and just like we preach that they should be active in the marketplace. Okay. Um, when I look at the Bible, I guess just looking at the examples that you cited, one of the things that comes to mind is I'm thinking um, some of those, like if I look at the context, the scriptural context, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we take that <clears throat> as it is mm -hmm. and sort of superimpose it onto our day-to-day -day from, a, from a context point of view? And you know, can we really cite those examples in, in this context? I mean, this is just something that I'm thinking about. Okay. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll, I can take it to Kuwaza now because I'd also love to, okay. to, to hear what, what your take is on, um, on this issue. Okay. So, um, yeah, look, uh, I think the, that question is multi-pronged and uh, not very easy to answer for many reasons. I think one of the main reasons it's not difficult, I'm sorry, it's difficult to uh, answer is because when you look at the New Testament, you find very little uh, in terms of encouragement to engage authorities, most of, if not all, uh, from the preachings of Jesus, even to the apostles, is basically you submit to the authorities that are there. Um, and even when, especially when Jesus came on the scene, they were expecting him to uh, say to be the Messiah who was going to redeem them from the uh, clutches of the Roman soldiers and the, the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire. It was supposed to be the second David to come in and establish the kingdom of God in the way that they expected, and he didn't do so. And he would say things like, if someone uh, strikes you on one cheek, give them the other. If someone asks you to go one mile, which is what the Romans would do, they were allowed legally, you know, you could just uh, commandeer uh, an Israelite who's walking along their way and force them to carry your armor for one mile. And Jesus says, oh, actually, go two miles. So you can imagine how that went down with people like <laughs> Simon the Zealot who had, uh, you know, a history uh, and who are coming from the party of the Zealots. That was a political, uh, you know, party and they had joined Jesus's um camp you know uh, as a disciple so th there's a lot of it's very difficult and you find people then have to go to the old testament to superimpose the examples of the old testament onto our present day uh, but one of the complications with that is that looking at israel as a state um, and the prophets who used to speak truth to power which is one of those phrases you hear a lot mm -hmm. is that uh, israel is a bit complicated because it was a nation but it's also a type of the church so the constitution, if you want to say, of Israel was the word of God, was the law, the Torah. And so when the prophet comes in, he is using the Torah as the basis of whatever rebuke he's bringing to the king or whatever right. is in authority. Um, and unlike our situation where you have a secular and sacred uh, situation where you have the word of God, but the constitution of the land is not necessarily derived from the word of God. Right. So your prophetic... Uh, at the prophetic aspect um, of people who come in and say we are we are like the prophets of the Old Testament, bringing that side of things is a bit diluted because that now applies maybe if you are a prophet in the church and you've got leaders in the church who are being crazy with money and selling wristbands and saying this will protect you and stuff like that, you can come and speak <laughs> into that, right? Uh, but if you're now talking about being a, a prophet to the nation or the nations, it seems that the word that we have for the nations is uh, repent and be baptized and you know believe on Christ Jesus and be born again. That is our main prophetic message. And then from there, once we are in agreement, I've given my life to Christ. The basis now is 
on the, on we share uh, a, a common faith. Mm-hmm. I'm now holding you accountable to the faith that we share in common. Right. Paul said to the church in Corinth, "What business is it do I have of judging the outsider? I will judge the one who is inside, who is in the church." That's my. That's in First Corinthians chapter five. Okay. That I'll, I'm only going to judge those that are in the church. The one who is outside the church will be judged by God. But once you say you're a Christian, on the basis of that, what does the word of God say? So you're found with uh, another man's wife or you stole money, uh, that it's in your account, but we believe that swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. What mm-hmm. are you doing? You see, so that's the basis upon which we can come prophetically and hold people to account as the church okay. um, in that, in that, in that um, strict sense of holding people to account. Yeah. I think in our instance, I almost feel as though by some of the actions, the government has invited the church into its affairs by wanting to host things like a national day of prayer or fasting. You want the church there when it's saying what you want it to say. But then, and most of these politicians and government officials are (coughs) professing Christians, (laughs) whether they really are or not, I don't know. But they want to identify as Christian. So, (laughs) If that is the case, then we should be able to hold them to account using our word of God, yes. because they've opened us up to to them by by calling our men of God to come and pray over the nations. So yes. now we're also wanting to tell you what you're doing exactly. Wrong. And I, I that, that's why I said if we have that common understanding. So you say you are calling on the God of Israel. This is what the God of Israel has to say mm. concerning the way that you guys are going about what you're going about. Yeah. But then there comes uh, into play the issue of etiquette you know the bible says that uh, a person who blesses their labor their neighbor loudly in the morning mm-hmm. will be accounted as one who curses right so you are you are blessing someone mm-hmm. how are you accounted as cursing it's because of the time that you did it mm-hmm. it's in the morning when people are fast asleep or kind of still in the mm-hmm. sleep mode and then you're doing it loudly so it's just as it's just almost the same as as you know you're cursing me mm-hmm. so right. the idea there is the way and the time you know, if we don't do it right, it's almost the same as doing the opposite thing. Uh, and so that's one of the things that I think, even if we do then say we want to speak to them, they've opened themselves up to us. How are we going to speak to them? Are we going to follow the principles of the word of God that say that as we, as I like what you, uh, as you're praying earlier on, let our uh, speech be seasoned with salt. Uh, are we going to do it in such a way that, you know, Jesus says, if your brother has sinned against you, take them and go one by one on one and speak to them. Has that happened? Uh, or are you writing this missive that's got lots of stuff going on in there that's explosive? And, and then there's all this, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you find that now we're talking more about the reaction uh, to the issues or to the the reaction to the letter about the issues right. more than the issues in the letter you know, itself. So, and, yeah. So, sorry to cut you off. And, yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm just trying to, <clears throat> if, if I'm in, interpreting what uh, Gary was saying correctly is is that a lot of the people that are a lot of the figures that are mentioned in Hebrews eleven mm-hmm. um, in the Bible all those th- these are people that somewhat look at a person like Daniel mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. right he's somebody that was in an oppressive system yes um, but managed to earn the respect of uh, the, the the king in that day yeah. and he rose to a position of prominence yes. due to the fact that he knew his stuff he was well versed in learning and whatnot whatnot um and and so I, i'm just trying to you know what i'm just trying to understand is um like just from what gary was saying mm-hmm. uh what what would you say is the place of you know people who are christ christ loving god fearing um but are activists and want to to speak, I guess, want to stand up for particular issues. So mm-hmm. they're not just challenging government per se, yeah. mm-hmm. just for the sake of it, yeah. but they're challenging specific issues that have to do not just with uh, Christian matters per se, but that have to do with the constitution itself, mm-hmm. with the things that the government is supposed to be holding. Uh, exactly, the standard yeah. that they're supposed to be holding themselves up to, but they're not doing that mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Is there a place for Christians who are activists to actually then rise up and and speak to that right um i'll speak in the particular case of zimbabwe um our government uh, acknowledges um 
that there is the Lord Jesus Christ, the acknowledging Lordship of Jesus Christ. And like uh, Kuwaza said, uh, it's very, because of that, we have to also hold them to account uh, based on uh, the biblical principles of good governance. Um, Christian activism, uh, activism in particular, does not necessarily mean overthrowing the government. It's like you put it, it's addressing the issues of the day, regardless of who is in government. Uh, government speaks of anti-corruption, right? And as a Christian, that is something that you should also speak out against, corruption. And there's this thing where, you know, in our politics, especially in Zimbabwe, uh, I think it's the way the name we give to these parties. One is the ruling party. One is the opposing party. So there is never any middle ground. Christian activism, or activism uh, in particular, is about speaking against... You can speak against... Um, there was a big time, there was a rallying call against the rape sentence given to perpetrators of rape mm -hmm. that it was less than someone who stole cattle cow, yeah. if you stole a cow you get seven years if you rape someone maybe two months people rose against that and they spoke against that and it was affected that uh, and the, the, the term was changed mm -hmm. this is addressing issues that are not um, this, uh, that are affecting everyone not okay. particularly um alienating one party or targeting one party so a christian in with that regard you can be an activist in any field there are some who are doing work on the girl child there are some who are doing work on labor rights uh, right, right now there's talk of uh, having what's our role if someone says they want to have same-sex marriage in our constitution mm -hmm. right so christian activism will christian activism is actually required in a Christian country. If we remain silent, right, and there is all these things happening, we, we run the serious risk of a bit of duplicitousness. How can you just for ignore this side, mm. you know, and not deal with the roots of, of these issues? But it's the way things are construed in our nation where one is seen to be, ah, you want to overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. I remember a time of the This Flag movement. Mm -hmm. When he was speaking, he was speaking about day-to-day -day issues. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Pastor E then. Mm -hmm. And people resonated with that, right? And you would say, I want government, please address these issues. Mm -hmm. What was the government's response? He wants to overthrow us. Right. So that, again, is where things get misconstrued. And then all our politicians, they claim to be Christian, all of them, yeah. right, across the divide. <coughs> so... That also complicates things. Once you all claim to be Christians, then good, we hold you up to, to the Bible standard. And if you, you are quiet, if you are not towing the line in that regard, you can't then expect us okay. to so, keep quiet. Right. So what, I, what I'm sort of hearing here mm -hmm. uh, from what you are saying mm -hmm. is there's a difference between the activism that's done by an individual who's a Christian mm -hmm and activism that's done by a church body or uh, I guess a, a religious church organization uh -huh. um, and with this I actually want to tie this into the issue of the church the Catholic bishops yeah. mm -hmm. um, and for the benefit of our listeners who may not know this um, there's a body of Catholic bishops who wrote a statement to the government uh, which was highlighting some of the injustice, injustices that are there and uh, they said a lot in the letter mm -hmm. and uh, which is something that is not very commonplace around around here mm. and of course there was quite a lot of backlash from the government um, and I personally thought that <laughs> there was nothing wrong with what they did right I actually thought wow they've highlighted some very important points mm -hmm. um, however when I I think when I when I processed it further, I then thought, hmm, could this have have been done in a different way? Was this the best approach? I don't know. So uh, maybe you guys can speak to that as well. That is there is there a difference? There should there be a difference? Mm. Uh, you know, thanks for 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 bringing that up because I, uh, in my thinking process, that was part of what I was going to put across, is to say we need to distinguish between the individual and church bodies. Because if the church is doing its work right, you're going to have Christians in just about every sector of 
you know, of the of the economy or of of the country, you know, whether in arts or you're looking at, um, you know, the economic uh, sphere, you're looking at the political sphere, because salt and light has gone out in everyone or many people are coming to faith. So the thing is, you have lots of people who are Christians, but also have a job description or a vocation or a calling. And part of that may be as a constitutional lawyer, trying to make sure that uh, whoever is going to be governing is doing that according to the constitution. That's what they are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But they are also they also happen to be a Christian. No problem with that. We I think it becomes uh, different when you are now looking at bodies, Christian bodies, because uh, firstly, or most importantly, I don't know if this is firstly and then this and then this is secondly afterwards. I'm not sure, but they are speaking for more than just one person. Okay. Speaking for so, if you look at the Catholic bishops, they're speaking for or two. I'm not very sure. I think they were saying that the letter was uh, designed for the for the parishioners, uh, but some of the people that they were speaking about also happen to attend uh, Catholic Church and are members of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there has to be a a measured approach. It's different to just one individual who's a Christian doing what they're doing. You are the people representing uh, a particular subsection of uh, Christianity okay. within the nation. And the way that you come across um, has to have in mind certain, um, can I say, uh, non-negotiables, I think. What is the goal of the church when we are ministering to anybody? We want people to come to faith in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we want those who are in faith in Christ to become better Christians. That's right. what we want. Um, and so as you, as you, as you are preparing a, a, a statement and you're saying something, I think I have to disagree something with what you said, that this was uh, unprecedented. There have been a lot of letters written by the bishops themselves. Okay. Um, and letters that were written by EFZ over the years. Um, but I think this letter has caused a lot of, um, you know, the backlash has been so strong because of some, some aspects of the letter. You know? So the letter itself, if you read it, is touching on issues, but there are some lines in there, and you look at it. It's not like the, uh, there are so many of them, but you know the Bible says that um, it's well, a fly will spoil the ointment, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just a fly, and then the whole thing is ruined. Uh, and I think there was one statement where they were calling into question the capability of the national leadership to govern. I think there was a statement along those lines, mm. and that's the one that caused all the backlash. It seems as if, the, and that was the, all the focus mm. um, of the government response. So it's, it's stuff like that where you say, okay, you, the issues that you've written about, everyone else is talking about them. We are all talking about those issues. Over the years, people have been have, have been saying things about it, but the way that you've come across, how helpful is it in the objective that you have? I don't know what the objective was in writing the letter. Was mm-hmm. it to get people to change their ways, get people to understand that they also have a particular way of seeing things? I'm not very sure about that. Okay. But are we not putting a stumbling block before the gospel? Now, now that you're spoken like that, and those people who are, in, who are affected by the statement, once we say, okay, we want to preach Christ to you, are they going to listen to you? If you're going to come in and play a mediatorial role, are they going to accept you? Or they're going to say you are biased, you are for the opposition because you are implicit. Because that statement can be interpreted to be uh, mm. a regime change. You know, that, that yeah. statement that people love. Yeah. You know? So what are you saying? If we are not capable, so are you saying that we should resign? <laughs> you know, what exactly are you saying? So it's, 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 it was problematic in, in the content of it. And that's why I, I have issues with how it was presented. No problem with, with it being written, but then you have to be very careful about how you write. Okay. Uh, the scripture also says, you know, that um, if you split logs, you'll be hurt by them. So once you get into the political space, expect that you're going to have things coming back at you. Okay, uh, you guys, are you so holy yourselves? You know, and then there's going to be scrutiny. We had Archbishop, uh, an Archbishop whose name I'm sure you, you know a few mm. years back, several years back, who was very <laughs> prominent, you know, and spoke very, very strongly against the leader of the time mm. and then was found in a very compromising situation. And basically the saltiness was, you know, you know, no more saltiness because mm. after that, what do you say? So th- there's all of that to consider uh, when you sit there and then you now speak out um, and also remembering the role that some from amongst themselves played in the transition that got us here. 
right? Mm-hmm. So they also had people in that in that role. All that comes into the in, you know into the spotlight, and then it becomes very messy. And that's why I'm saying, at the end of the day, we're not talking about the issues that they raised. We're not talking about the rightness of what they did, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think that in itself shows that. Uh, that could have been communication gone wrong. But I don't know if I touched on what you wanted yeah, yeah. to hear uh, in that lengthy response, but that's my two cents. I think you have. I think you've actually highlighted some very key points. Um, I'm going to take it back to Gary. What, what okay, I guess, in your view, mm-hmm. um, is there a difference? Uh, and I'm, I guess I'm throwing that question back at you as well, uh, the, the question that Kowaza was addressing. Mm. Would you say there's a difference? Should there be a difference? No, there shouldn't be a difference. Okay. The individuals make up the church. Um, the individuals make up the groups, right? There's different groups, um, EFZ, Catholic bishops. They have people in their congregations that um, listen to their teachings. Um Unity is one key uh, differentiator of believers and non-believers. Mm-hmm. There should be one voice. You should be united. You should be one, right? Just as me and my father are one was the instruction. Um, the idea that we have this, uh, once, once, once we separate the individuals and the groups and put people into different sections and even amongst the, the body of Christ itself, Right, I think that is what is more terrifying. That you have one group saying this, one group saying that. Once the Christians look divided, right? One individual says this. You have one pastor who's popularly calling out government, Mm -hmm. right? The rest are quiet. Mm -hmm. One pastor speaks and is under attack, and the rest are quiet. Now that is wrong, and you will not be able to achieve um, the objective. Right. Uh, I agree. There are, there are ways you approach government. There are ways you present your story in a way that it is both accepted and achieves what you want it to achieve. But once we have four or five different statements coming from the church, right, that's it. A house divided amongst itself. It cannot go anywhere. So the biggest problem actually with activism for believers in Zimbabwe is there are so many splintered and there's no unity in, there's no one voice, right? Uh, A fast was called. Uh, The president invited the church to a fast. Some went. Some were like, eh. Some were like, eh. Right? That division already defeats the purpose. Um, But so I believe that the, the, the organizations themselves and the individuals that make up those organizations must define what is it that we want? Mm-hmm. What is the objective? Do we want government to improve? Do we want to help government uh, implement things better? Do we want to remove government? Those are different issues that can be agreed on. What is the objective? If the objective is that government should address these uh, issues, A, B, C, D, right? There's no reason why people could be splintered against that. There's no reason why we can say, oh, no, this, ah, this requires certain individuals in politics. Let us keep looking just after the, the orphans and all those things. They are affected by the politics of the day. So organizations, individuals in their different roles and functions can cross that political divide, can be active uh, in politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just like to if I could come in there, um, mm. to say, yes, I, I hear you there. Um, and the issue of the splintering and the divisions, I think this is why it's so complicated to have Christian voices in politics. The, the, the divisions are also coming from the fact that the problems that we face, if we're just going to use Zimbabwe as an example, but this mm. can apply to any other situation. Mm. The problem is multifaceted. Mm. So it's not just, there, there's guys who are as convinced about the source of our problems being one thing as mm. the other. So for some, they see governance, corruption as the issue mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. Then there are others who are also members of the church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Also paying their tithes, <laughs> also showing up every Sunday. Yeah. And they will be as passionate and have their statistics and facts and say it is sanctions that are the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> S word, bro. Yeah, that that S word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you see the, the reality of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the reality. And this is why the church has this very difficult role because 
if you do look at it objectively, mm. this, those with the sanctions argument, they, they do have uh, a, a point. If you mm-hmm. look at any nation that's been under sanctions like us for almost 20 years, mm-hmm. and although they also have issues that are related to that. Mm-hmm. Then you also look at the guys who talk about governance and, and rights abuses. They've got a very strong case. Mm-hmm. So what does the church do? Are you just going to go and then address just the one side? You know, and then I think there was one statement in the in the letter that said that uh, all you do is talk about the foreigners and the white settlers and colonialism and the so-called <laughs> internal detractors. <laughs> you know, so that 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 kind of a statement to someone who's passionately uh, collecting facts about how sanctions have, have ruined our economy mm. is, is not is going to rub them the wrong way, and that's why yeah. you saw that that statement came back. Yeah. So the church has to be able to be. I mean, I think Jesus as our role model. You mm. know. If there's anyone, there's no gap, there's no chasm that is greater than the one that was between God and sinful man, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came and how did he mediate? How did he stand and speak to, to the issues? Of course, he's coming from God because he's God. Mm-hmm. But he then in, in, incarnates the human state, mm-hmm. right? So that he can put a hand, as Job asked and said, there's no one here who's able to put a hand on him and put a hand on me mm-hmm. in Job 9.33. And Jesus was able to do so by taking on. Sorry? I don't even know that scripture. Anyway, just saying. So Job, yeah, he was just saying that. He said, you know, even if I make my case before God, you know, what hope do I have of being proved right? I'm just paraphrasing it. Yeah. Because if only there was one who could stand and have his hand on God and have Mm -hmm. his hand on on me and be able to mediate between us. So, and Jesus is that mediator now. Mm. Uh, And you see how he does it. He incarnates both sides. Yeah. Being God and being man. So as a church, are we able, sorry, just to come to where I'm, you know, are we able to, to incarnate the arguments? Meaning that not, not necessarily agreeing what people say, mm-hmm. but to be able to sit down and say, okay, you're talking about sanctions uh, being the problem. Tell me more about sanctions. Okay, so sanctions have hurt our economy this way and that way and that way. And this is, oh, so is this a justice issue? Is there, is there any justice issue with regard to sanctions? Is there any justice issue to do with land reform? Right. Can we speak as passionately about that as we're going to speak about people being abducted, human rights abuses, uh, corruption, bad governance, uh, and all those kind of excesses that we are seeing, right? Mm. Are we able to incarnate the issues uh, in, 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 in that same way so that we stand in that place and say, these are equally wrong, but here's the solution, the gospel. And we, with the gospel and with an idea of what righteousness and justice is all about, can we, if, if the government says, let's go on an anti-sanctions march, where is the church? You know, is the church <laughs> adding their voice to say that the sanctions are illegal and they should go? You know what I mean? Right. Why is the church now only coming up when there's a hashtag for Zim Lives Matter? Mm. So I'm not asking that question on my own behalf. I'm asking from the perspective. That's why I said, I talked about inca- incarnating mm-hmm. the parties. Right. And that is, you can only do that effectively if you make up your mind to say, regardless of what I believe and what I, you know, I vote in a, in a certain direction or whatever, in my role as a member of the church, mm-hmm. with the prophetic voice that we have, am I able to come in and speak to the issues on both sides with the same amount of passion, with the same amount of clarity? You find that it is very difficult. Right. Uh, you'll find that people will be on a divide. Some people will say, th- mm-hmm. and then you, you saw them at the, at the fast. Yeah. There are the guys who will speak out against sanctions, uh, archbishops, so and so won't give names, right? Yeah. But you have those who will be going you know, with the government line. Then you have those who are seen as the opposition clerics. <laughs> you know right. I mean? mm-hmm. But the church should not be like that. Yeah. We are salt and light. Our voice is speaking to all men to say repent or perish. It doesn't matter whether you're Sanupi of MDC, opposition or ruling party. The message we have cuts across. So and, and so that's the main difficulty I see. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a very um, fiery point, that one. Uh, and I think a valid one as well. Because how I'm picturing this in my mind is that a church should be the kind of a setting where whether somebody is from the ruling party or from the opposition party, they can both come Mm -hmm. and leave their political affiliations at the door, right? And they can both be catered to because of what the church is supposed to to, to represent. And I guess the moment the church takes on a certain position, then subsequently it kind of excludes, I guess, the, the, the other 
side, so to speak. Um, what I want to know, though, from, from you, Gary, mm-hmm. um, on this issue is in your, I guess, in, in your processing of all of this, right, mm-hmm. what would you say would be the, the right way for the church to do this? Okay. Right. Um, the church, uh, our situation is a bit unique since the 2018 elections. Yeah. Um, the government, uh, the president went on to uh, create a platform called Polat for people to come and, uh, you know, share, talk about these issues. And the government expectation is anyone who is serious, who is genuine mm-hmm. about uh, building Zimbabwe, helping improve governance and all these things, would come to 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 Poland. Um, I think there are issues on. Well, we can't come if you are the the referee as well. Yeah. What if we need to talk about your performance, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that platform is there. Yeah. The church should not shun that platform. Okay. It should be active in that platform. Uh, the fact that you speak outside of that platform, again, already suspicions uh, start to come out. Mm-hmm. The church as an organization should come to that platform and speak of all these issues. Uh, they say that uh, the discussions are very candid, very open. Uh they should do that there. Uh, I know uh, she, Pastor Shingimunes has not resigned from Poland because he says, I'm, what I say there, I must also be able to speak out freely or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. That the church should not um, totally, should, should be very active in, in, in Poland, I believe so. Because the issues, both sanctions and misgovernance, are real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if anyone, I think there was a time. I think it's back again. PayPal doesn't work. You can't get some stuff from outside the country. They tell you, oh no, not in Zimbabwe. We can't ship to Zimbabwe. Sanctions are. I'm just talking about on the surface. Yeah. There are a lot of things that happen in terms of international clearing, how we buy fuel, medicines. As long as we're using the U.S. dollar, there's a, a lot of restrictions around yeah. that, right? There's um, what we see and what the majority sees is what we deal with daily. Corrupt police officers wanting $5 to get into town and all these things yeah. that are happening, right? So why Pollard is important is the church, here's where the church is coming in as a unifier. And I believe not, even if a Christian individual um, wants to go actively into politics, mm-hmm. it cannot be divisive uh, politics. Mm-hmm. It has to have, uh, it must be uniting in is, its is, tone. Is there such a thing though? Yes. Okay. Yes. People rally, politics about, is about ideals. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people will rally behind the ideal of a, a great Zimbabwe, the, the diamond of Africa, as Samura Mashel called it, the bread basket of, of the world. Zimbabwe has the capacity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Speak about those issues. Right. So the, the, speak about something that even people in this party and that party will start questioning even their own ideologies. And the best compliment which they'll probably do is copy what you are saying and take you seriously. So the church, whatever, whether at an individual level or as an organization, should never, uh, should uh, calling it neutral would be the best, should be about unity. Should okay. be about things that promote love, unity, excuse me, progress, uh, growth, and not, no, no, these guys are wrong. I promise you, if you were to sit down with uh, some of our elder government officials, they will, they, will, they, will, they will tell you stuff and they will open stuff about, oh, so this is why we can't get this and this and this and this. And you'll come out of that meeting saying, sanctions are bad. Right. They articulate it well. They've got the evidence. They are there. Right. And of course, ah, it's well documented. Even our government now parrots the same message, corruption and misgovernance, all these things. So what what we what we must do in Zimbabwe is we have a platform. Mm-hmm. The church must be active in that platform. Uh, anything outside of that platform then becomes a bit, um, I think, is not right. 
uh, when you start to speak outside, have you been, uh, I like uh, prophets of old, would go to the king. Mm. Uh, David, what have you done? Yeah. You know, you've yeah. taken someone's wife, or this is what the Lord says. And it's up to the king to take the advice. Imagine if Nathan was shouting on top of every rooftop, <laughs> ah, David has done this. Yeah. David right. would have... I wouldn't have taken him to the front line. The guy would have been yeah. gone. So that's it's, it's the same way. There is a way you approach kings. There's a way you approach governors. I love that. I yeah. think that's a, that's a great analogy. Mm. Yeah. Um, then what I want to just ask, maybe before T-Mac comes in, um, after all her stewing and processing, uh, what, what, what I want to then ask is, mm. let's bring it down to the individual. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask. Okay, so please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've mentioned Pollard, which uh, me, I didn't even know it existed. What does it stand for? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it uh, stands uh, for Political Actors Dialogue. Political mm. Actors, Actors Dialogue. Dialogue. So there's, uh, I think what you may have been referring to is PAC as well, mm. which is the Presidential Advisory Council, which is what she is part of. Pollard is for the political parties that mm-hmm. uh, took part in 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I remember. Oh, of them. those candidates. Yeah. Yo, yes, <laughs> but some of those ones, right? Like hundreds of candidates. Okay, cool. All right, so... Okay, I guess me, the uneducated church goer is the problem then because I didn't even know that that was there. But for those who feel like it's gotten to a point where having these calm meetings and candid discussions and writing up presentations and proposals, they feel like, we've done that, we've tried that, these people don't listen, we need to be more aggressive in our approach, more animated in our (laughs) approach. Would you, and this is a Christian person, they, mm. let's say they call it righteous anger, for example, mm. and they're just like, no, I'm done with this, uh, our mortality rate of mothers being so pitiful. I'm done mm. with hospitals with no medicine. I'm just sick of this corruption. Like, we can name so many things. Everyone encounters something during their day that is pointing back to mm. a oh, common yeah. problem. Yeah. So what do you say to that person who's just like yeah okay you guys can do polad i'm going to the streets i'm going to hold my placard and i'm going to speak i'm going to not harm anyone i'm not going to loot anybody's shop but i'm going to speak the truth and it's nothing that's not biblical in terms of what they're actually saying the actual message behind their words the approach i don't know but yeah that's what i want you guys to answer Kuti. Is that so wrong for someone to take it to that level and take it that personally that they want to be like, okay, you engage your way, this is my way. Okay. Um, all right. So that, that's a. I think that's the question of the hour, I guess, um, <laughs> for many Christians. And so for many, they've answered it for themselves. <laughs> Hopefully this will help those who maybe are still asking the question. But um, I think for me, the one verse that is instructive is in First Peter chapter 2, verse 16. That, uh, you know, in the context of Peter saying from verse 18, he talks about being subject uh, for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Uh, verse 16 goes on to say that um, live as people who are free, but not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. And I think that gives us so much freedom and liberty to say, Peter was basically saying, yes, you are subject to the authorities, but live as free individuals. Right. So the rights that you're going to have. Uh, and of course, obligations uh, in terms of our two percent tax and so on. But mm-hmm. we have rights that we have that are given to us because we're citizens of the country. Mm-hmm. Live as free men, so and and women, of course. Uh, so you can take advantage of those opportunities that the nation gives to you. You've got the right to peaceful assembly. That's the right that the nation gives you. Uh, how did P- uh, Paul manage to stand before Caesar? He, he invoked his rights mm-hmm. as a Roman citizen. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I have a right to be heard before Caesar. Or my appeal goes before Caesar because mm-hmm. I'm a Roman citizen. Exactly. And he took advantage of that to advance the gospel. And I think there's plenty of scope for us as Christians to do that sort of thing. Uh, but as Peter says, not as a cover up for evil. So, hey, you know, the Bible says live as free men, so I'll take a, a rock and smash a car. You know, and that's not the thing. But what does the nation, the laws allow you to do? I'm allowed to stand and protest. I'm allowed to go and do this and that, whatever the law allows us, yeah. or whatever the rights that we have, you know, uh, allow us to do. Now, going beyond that way, it becomes more aggressive and it's 
uh, such and such must go and so on, right? Uh, then it becomes an issue where we have to ask each other, what exactly are we representing? Where are we coming from? Um, Jesus said to Pilate, um, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my disciples would be in here try fighting to get me out of here. But because it's not of this world, that's not happening. So there's a distinction between the kingdom of God that we represent and the kingdom of the earth in which we live, mm -hmm. where those kind of methods are par for the course. And it's not, nothing is new under the sun. If you look at the day in which they lived, you see Gamaliel standing before the Sanhedrin mm -hmm. uh, and he said that there was a guy called Judas and he got around 400 men and they were going to rise against you mm -hmm. know, the Roman yeah. <laughs> uh, authorities, but yes. it came to nothing. So uh, sedition, uprising, call it what you would like, has a long history. And when you look at it, you get, as I said, about splitting. Those who split logs will be heard by them. That's what the Bible says. I like that, uh, <laughs> that it's in Ecclesiastes. It's very interesting. Mm. You go into the street, there's going to be a response. Is it the right kind of response? A police officer is supposed to be doing that. Uh, people's uh, uh, soldiers supposed to kneel on one, uh, get on one knee and shoot into a crowd of uh, unarmed civilians running away. You can have the debates around that. But mm. the issue is that's the reaction and response that you're going to get. And there's very, the very real risk of loss of life and limb, you yeah. know, uh, mm -hmm. and to what end, you know, we yeah. have to, I was saying to somebody, uh, my, we, we need to value our lives that Christ died for us. What are you willing to die for? You shouldn't just be willing to die just for about anything. Mm. Your life is important. There's a reason that you're on earth. Mm. If part of that reason is you giving up your life for a political cause. Okay, look, I'm not going to legislate. <laughs> right. I'm saying, you know, these are the kind of things that we need to be thinking about as, as Christians. How can I use, how can I be salty? How can I deploy my saltiness with the greatest you know, effectiveness? That means analyzing the situation. Your blood is boiling. This has gone on too long. You're going into the street. What is the prospect of you actually achieving your objective mm -hmm. through what you're doing? There has to be that kind of thinking and and actually that kind of that's good yeah not just the emotional like because sanyanya you know <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm going into the street i'm doing that's this jada. you know and, and then yeah, exactly <laughs> and then and then we look back you know and then people are now accusing you of all sorts of things ah you gave us false hope or whatever you know that people say to each other yeah. i've seen this happen just like recently on the zim live matter there's so much accusation of people uh, you know one against each other mm. where was so and so where is so and so <laughs> this one is a detractor then people this want celebrities is, yeah, to start speaking exactly, out, speak out you know this one is a spy for the for, for, oh for the other God. side this one we always knew it former this this you know and this is the kind of recrimination that's going on why because someone you know jesus said count the cost he said, you know, do not be like the guy who, you know, he said, if, if you have an army of, of, of guys and you see that with the, the guys that you have against the guys that are coming, your army is smaller. They've got tankers. Yeah, they've got tankers <laughs> and you've got a banner, you know. <laughs> you know Who believes you? I got my banner. I got my banner, you know what I mean? So there's an element of that. Of course, you can come out looking like a coward and so on, but that's what I'm saying, that there has to be a lot more calm, rational thought than what we have been applying to. And I do understand because these are livelihood issues, you yeah. know, and I have my moments where, you know, I, I'm on my own somewhere and I'm shouting out, ah, this, that, that, right? Sorry, <laughs> I'm being a bit dramatic, but this is exactly what's going on. Mm. I'm in my car and I'm on my the, own. And the I'm the words are not suitable. Yeah, <laughs> well, not, not, not necessarily, <laughs> but, joking. you know, it's like this, I, I feel the frustration because I'm thinking I could have done this by now and I haven't been able to pay for this because the system is down, it's been down for three days and so on, you know, and you, and you feel the frustration and yeah. you mm. feel like saying those words, such and such must disappear and you know <laughs> right. but then you, you you come from that and you're okay I'm calm now okay I'm not going to be like Peter chopping off someone's ear in this situation what's the best way that I do it? Lord give me strength etc etc mm -hmm. there's always this thing where we need to continuously count the cost and really think about where can I put my best foot forward I, I don't know if that makes sense yeah. so basically in summary live as free men we've got rights <clears throat> but in the exercise of your rights don't use it as a cover-up for, for, for doing evil to make sure that you're doing the counting of the cost all the time for whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you, Koala. Thank you for that. Got it? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to throw this one at you as well. Okay. 
Um, violence. Violence is never something that Christians are, are to prescribe to. You see, there are ways. I, I think people underestimate the, the power of words <coughs> without necessarily going violent. Um, in recent history in our neighbor South Africa, a party with less than 10% of the parliament managed to get parliament talking and in some cases implementing or promising to uh, do things that would have been unimaginable. Uh, we saw a party there, the EFF, uh, push the Zuma must go, pay back the money, um, <laughs> lend the expropriation <laughs> without compensation. <laughs> right? There was, well, violence they would argue so eloquently in parliament until everyone would start scratching their heads, fees must fall, and government was forced to backtrack on some of its decisions. Uh, the ANC even went on to um, put in its manifesto that they are going to take land without compensation. Right? So uh, this is just an example of how you can still get your message across yeah. without being violent. Um uh what happens is everyone has rights our constitution gives us the right to protest but there is also for every law there's a law in zim mm -hmm. right you then need permission to protest uh i think in the run-up to the elections there were <coughs> two or three protests against zec and they were granted and people would start at eight and at four right uh, whether that was genuine or, you know, used to be used for later reference uh, <laughs> is another story. So the the issue now is now you need the government to say, oh, you want to protest at this time, at this time? It's fine. You can go ahead. Right. Outside of that, uh, you are not allowed to. So we we are then also called to 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 be respectful and to live uh within the confines of our of our governing laws right but the christian can go beyond that right now there is a lot of suffering mm -hmm. covid has brought in untold suffering livelihoods have been swept away mm -hmm. many of our people were living on less than a dollar a day yeah. uh situations are terrible i don't know if you've ever been to rural schools and you see kids eating porridge at one o'clock uh, no sugar, white porridge. And what's sad is the mothers are waiting for the kids to go back to their classrooms. And if there are any leftovers, the mothers will take those home. This I've seen. Um, uh, food aid is coming. Yes, now I think the situation is better. We haven't been traveling a lot. But we used to see this a lot. Uh, teachers bring some thing left over from home to give to that one who works 14 case knowing full world that's their only meal of the day mm. so the then this is where the christian politician must be active in how do i rally people how do i rally funds to do this and the more you do that your political capital is amazing should you want to use it Mm -hmm. But the impact is even greater. We are not into politics for the sake of being called the MP so-and-so, uh, honorable, <laughs> it's an interesting title for many, but yes, honorable so-and-so, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? That's not why we are there for. We are there to address policies and issues that affect our people day to day. So violence is a non-start. Non mm -hmm. uh, no, I would not even prescribe to violence. Um, I know people who quote, uh, yeah, we had the liberation struggle and all that, but I think we could have still achieved independence without being violent. I think we can still achieve great things without being violent. Um, so we, we, I would never encourage anyone to go out in the street and you know do as you will. Uh, we've seen such stuff happening in America and 
uh, someone's got guns right now there's after john blake shooting i think yeah, yeah. and yeah. some people are protecting their businesses with their guns and mm. if you try to protest or you try to come here we're going to shoot you now you don't know who's right and who's wrong yeah. there is power in you know the story of esther that was a nun Val, oh, there was violence later, but yeah. <laughs> the 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 way it happened was there was just this powerful move of God. Let God also take control. You know, as you do good, as you help the poor, as you help the sick. Right now, people could be bringing in uh, stuff for COVID, stuff for nurses. When nurses went on strike and they had issues, right? I don't know if the church ever went and said, "Guys, we'll we'll pay the bill." who foot the bill for this issue, right? There are channels to do it. You have to go to government and say, can we do this? Can we do that? Um, should you be given the go-ahead? Fine. Should you not? There are other things you can do. Hampers. <coughs> there are other ways that you can do and have such profound effect on people. Right. This is why, honestly, if I look at our politicians, I, I am yet to see one that I can say, I, maybe they are there. Or maybe they just don't get the platform. That I can say, that one is a unifier. That one speaks exactly what a exactly like a Christian politician should speak. Unity, nonviolent unity, and social impact. Asking, rallying people to do. Imagine if we said, ah, guys, uh, we we've got a hunger situation, right? We've got a water situation. If we drew boreholes here and there and there, we need to raise fifteen thousand dollars for that. And you rise. You don't care who's going to be. This this is not political water. This is not based on partisan lines. It's based on we want to help people in this community. Right. Those things work. So, <clears throat> from uh, what you're saying, what I'm getting here is that the mandate that we have as Christians is way bigger than politics, right? Or the politics of the day. And because even when you look at the life of Jesus, when you look at the gospel message itself, the way the gospel was spread, mm. it wasn't spread through the um, the existing or the main structures of the day. Mm -hmm. But the kingdom was built through men, men's hearts, men and women. And they went out and they began to spread the gospel. Mm. And God was doing that's pretty much what. Christianity has been like through throughout the ages where God has been moving, even in places where you think where they think they've totally thwarted the church. Mm -hmm. You know, then all of a sudden there's this small body there. Things are happening underground. But I'm just saying maybe it's because could it be because we we are not willing to really trust God and see him show up mm. and really allow him to use us mm. to to, to make to make a real difference like even that anger and that frustration that that we feel and i'm, I'm with kuwaza here because i feel it too mm. sometimes yeah right many times and but what's that anger supposed to drive me to a person who doesn't know god wants to pick up stones and and probably throw throw it at any any land cruiser or black mercedes <laughs> that they that they yeah. see right yeah, yeah. and yet for, yeah. for for a christian what should that drive us to do yeah um and like you're rightly saying that when we say protesting what does protesting really mean mm. for somebody who's who's a christian um I mean, this is very interesting you're actually making me think about about a lot of things um i guess before we close because I, I know our time is um running here we then have the whole issue if i can even talk about this of someone like pastor e right yeah. uh, who started this powerful movement I guess not intentionally. Mm -hmm. The movement just kind of got <laughs> got going. But even when we analyze how um, his own trajectory then kind of turned out, mm -hmm. he, I think, it also had an impact on his ministry as as a, as a as a pastor because mm -hmm. he kind of had to choose whether he was going to be remain a pastor mm -hmm. um, or become an an activist, mm -hmm. right? I think at some point he, he had to 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 make that that decision. Now, of course, he's still he's still a pastor and he's still a Christian. But I'm saying, within that sphere, there's a, there's a lot that comes with it, and 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 a lot of tough choices that that have to be made. Mm -hmm. So, are we willing to pay the price? Yeah, <laughs> that's a very very important question. I think one of the issues that we have is, um, I think the those who are in positions of authority, in terms of uh, pastoring people 
who have activists in their churches. This is a political activist and they're a member of the church. Mm. I think we are lacking in many ways because it's very unique in many ways. I mean, you are a bit worried for yourself as well. I'm yeah. imagining if you're a pastor and you've got someone like that in your church and you want to mm-hmm. offer them pastoral support, <laughs> you see him coming to their house, you know, so maybe I'm going to have a detail following me too. You know what I mean? So like your life is, is almost like almost intertwined with theirs and maybe you don't want to have that, that baggage but they're a member of the church. How do you give them the pastoral support that they need? Uh, sometimes it's a listening ear or going, if they've been imprisoned, are you going to be there and praying for them? You rally the church to say, let's, let, let's do a fire tunnel around so-and-so and pray for them. You know what I mean? So I think... That was some yeah. real Christianese that you just used. Oh, fire tunnel. Sorry. <laughs> like, next level. <laughs> sorry. Just You're... like, okay, like uh, a prayer huddle. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. You know, so... Fire tunnel. I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's part of that. There's that difficulty. And then I think also with how that movement panned out, when you are in politics you are by definition dealing with people's expectations Mm -hmm. and the need to please people because if you're a politician, you must please people. That's it. You know, um, people, they're always taking polls all the time and Mm -hmm. adjusting how they then present issues depending on how the polls come through. So you're always having to please people. And so you have people's expectations and people's expectations may not necessarily always line up with whatever your mission was. Because for me, Pastor E was was a was a fire starter. You know, yeah. he was a, he he started something. Definitely, uh, he began it, and then there was an expectation from the people around for him to not just begin, but to carry and sustain it yeah. all by himself. Um, and have uh, guys, can you come through and let's do this together? No, but you are the one who began this and that sort of thing. So, I think in, you become the the people's expectations can be very heavy. And they may not be in line with what your, it could very well have been a message from God burning on his heart. Mm-hmm. But you're just there to start it. You don't necessarily have to be the one who builds it up and finishes it. Yeah. And then someone, <clears throat> I, and I believe that that was the precursor for what happened in, in November 2017 as well with mm-hmm. the freedom that people felt to go out on the street. And even yeah. up to now, the, the kind of uh, boldness that you see and the tenacity and people just being able to tweet and say stuff. Mm. This is something that you never used to hear if you lived yeah. in Zimbabwe. I think Pastor E definitely yeah, started. He started something. He started something. He said something <laughs> yeah. on a flame. But then other people will look at that and say, but we want him to be doing or acting in the very same way that he was doing four years ago. Mm. Yet the role could easily have changed. God has got something different for him, etc. Or he's now expressing it in a different way. And then you'll have people come out against that. So that's something else that you have to look at is the expectation of the people. Uh, right now, there's also a Christian leader who's within the opposition. I'm, I don't want to use names. <laughs> and if, if you go on, on social media, whenever he posts something, you've got the, the, just the backlash. The first statement, you are a coward. You are this. Why are you not leading us? What are you doing? And the, the, the expectation of people is, 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 is great. And the groundedness that's needed, the support structures in place to say, hey, look, we are with you. People are hearing God on your behalf. Look, I know you have this on your heart to do it now, but this is what I believe the Lord is saying. People that you trust, voices, yeah. prophetic voices. You know, people say well, the church is a prophetic voice to the nations. No, we can be prophetic to each other as well. I like that. Those who are in those spaces. Hey, my friend, uh, just pull back a bit. God is doing something. This is not the time for you to be doing this. This one, don't worry about it. God is going to take care of them like the confusion that you see in the Bible where these guys would sing songs and then guys would be slaying each other. By the time they get there, all they have is spoil, you know, to just take home and, and plunder. God is doing different things at different times. Yeah. So are we, uh, do we have those people in their lives as well speaking like that and supporting? Because not everyone is called to necessarily, or not everyone's responsibility. I think that's something that we need to be very strong about. That we don't end up arm twisting each other into certain roles or why haven't you spoken? Yeah. Uh, why didn't you use the hashtag? And then I'm going to unfollow you now on social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of pressure on each other. Um, we have just have to, I think so maybe, yeah. I hope. Yeah. Thanks, Kawaza. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, I think for the sake of time, um, we're done. <laughs> yes, we are done. Thank you so much, guys, for this awesome discussion. So, yeah, I guess people can take from it what they will. I'm sure everyone has 
found an answer to some question within this discussion. We can't mm. answer all the questions. We don't have all the solutions, but um, yeah, keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, thank you, everyone. We will be back next week with mm. another exciting discussion. Yeah. My name is T-Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.